This is Rebel Guru Radio. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepin. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash higher balance. Designed by the Rebel Guru himself, Eric Pepin, Magnetic Pill was made to enhance results with all higher balance training. Accelerate sensory development, achieve deeper meditations, better overall focus, and so much more. Go to magneticpill.com forward slash rebel for $10 off every month or get a three-month supply with our buy two, get one free special. Order now and we'll include a free guide listing three techniques you can start doing right away to hone your psychic mind. Lynn, did you have a question earlier? Oh, I have a whole bunch of them. Okay. So this kind of has to do with um, your awareness. Deja vu. Is the awareness or the recognizing of a deja vu, is it the recognition enough to harness the data since we're in a simulation? Or is there something else that we could do in the moment of the deja vu to do something with it instead of just have it and then ignore it? Um, I think most people ignore it and there's always that fear of being wrong and therefore you are reluctant to, to confirm what you're experiencing. But if you have the discipline of the moment you are aware of a deja vu, you literally should stop. And whether, whether anybody understands what you're doing, you should just say what you think is going to happen or what you're about to go around the corner and see or sometimes you can't even put the image together, but you know that this is all incredibly familiar. You should talk about your emotions. So you, you, can, you can say that, you know, oh my God, I get this, this, this feeling like I've been here before and I just, I just want to stop because there's, there's this moment of expansiveness and, 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 and just, you know, like coolness and, and wind or something. And I, I, I don't remember all the details, but I know I've been here. You step around the corner and then all of a sudden there's, a, there's an ocean or there's, there's this ocean wind coming, okay? So if you can't really say verbally what you think you're going to experience, then talk about the emotion. But the point is, is this. Anytime that you have an opportunity to, to exploit phenomena, you have to understand something, okay, that – your fear of being embarrassed or looking crazy, which, which I think most people think we're all already are, so it don't matter, but, but is what keeps you in check with the grid. Do, do you understand? Your, your anxiety or the fear of being judged or people making comments like you're really acting strange right now, okay? That's, that fear is what keeps us from being really more hyper aware. This is why if you're like, I'm a psychic, I do psychic stuff, and you're around people that accept you for, for, for that, okay, you're almost able to be more liberal about feeling and sensing and conveying those thoughts. So for me, I thought that one of the advantages in my own personal growth was, was because that's what I presented. I did psychic reading, I did psychic work, I do hauntings, I do that with, that's what I do, okay? So therefore, the environment was less judgmental because the people around me were, were more responsive to that. 
Do you see what I'm saying? When you are having a, a, a dog grooming place and you've got clients coming in and you're like, oh my God, the energy coming from you is insane. You know, what, what happened? You know, they're like, what the fuck crazy lady's going to groom my dog? Okay. So you don't do that even though you may feel that or you may feel like I need to say something or there's this, this dark energy around this person and I feel like something may happen to them in a car accident or something. You still are refraining from that because of the judgment of the peer product of the environment of people. So this is, this is where you've, you've got to kind of make a decision as to, to how you want to advance yourself. Okay, so this is why I say if you're going to do anything psychic, like you want to do psychometry, I always say find people and tell them that you're practicing psychometry. They're either going to think you're fucking crazy or not. Remember my rule, most people lie because they don't want you to feel like you know something about them or anything like that. But in general, if you can find somebody that's a stranger and they're open to that, okay, you can, you can then build your confidence level by conveying stuff and it's a great way for you to learn to filter out what your brain is creating versus the accurate stuff so by saying that you're you're in practice with this it alleviates you from feeling like you know you don't want to look foolish because you're wrong you already said well i'll probably be wrong the vast majority of it but that's trial and error until i get better and better and better and i need your feedback for that acknowledgement i think one of the reasons why i was very good doing readings like phenomenally good was because as an adult you you're more cautious and more vague because you don't want to be wrong when i was younger i just kind of grew up with it all the time and i really did not have the self-conscious ego at a young age so much so i simply said what whatever was that i was seeing do you see what i'm saying my shortfall was that i could not emotionally relate in a mature way with people in relationships and stuff like that. What I could see is an act of violence in a relationship or romance or, you know, like, oh, they're kissing. Well, this is this guy. This is what he looks like. This is how tall he is. Just like you, you see a person in front of you. And, you know, they would ask me for advice. Do you think I should stay with this person or leave this person? I'd be like, oh, no, get rid of him. He's awful, blah, blah, blah. Now you get older, you understand about relationship. You, you, know, you just can't discard stuff. So, but the point was, was that my accuracy of, it was so good. Literally, there were times where things would happen 20 minutes later when people would leave from the reading and I would talk about maybe a fender bender or a breaking in their house. There was one time I got blamed by this lady. She accused me of having friends that I sent to her house to break into it while she was getting a reading with her sister down in, in, you know, Lynn's basement where I used to, my girlfriend. And I described to her curtains. I kept seeing these curtains and they were yellow and they had these little flowers on there. And they were like, I don't remember anymore. I'm kind of ad-libbing, but, and I remember them coming through the window and stepping on the, the table. She had a table really pushed up close for space against the, the window. It was a kitchen table. And I described all of this and the whole nine yards. And she looked at me like I was crazy. And she's like, well, I don't know all about that, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what to make of it. You know, somebody's coming in my house and breaking in, you know, it's, she wanted romance. She wanted to know who her next love was. Sorry, lady, ain't shit. You know, get your shit together. Ain't no romance. I'm sorry. Not every day. I can't conjure it up. 
So she went home and it was all broken into through the window and everything. And she came back and she screamed at me, accusing me of sending people over to do that. And so that happened literally when I was talking to her. There are other, there's so many, so many cases, but the point is, is that I love detail, but I think that, that because people can't control what, or haven't discerned in their mind what, what is the, the thing that colors the story and, and ablibs it or makes it up and it looks real versus the part that's real streaming data of something that's going to occur in the timeline. Do you understand? And they're both very visual and they can be both very clear. In some cases I've seen in my mind where one is more faded than the other. And that was a technique I would do. I'd be able to tell by images in my head, what was fake and what wasn't. And that was like pretty early on. I've, you know, I've forgotten a lot of that already, but that's how I, I knew what to say and what not. And it, it you just becomes how you know stuff. You know, people don't, don't ask you, or is that the only thing you're seeing? You know, it's just what I see. So it is the confidence level of trial and error. And I would have people tell me I was wrong. I'd just be like, yeah, okay, well, I'll be hearing from you in a week or two. And, and they would, they'd call up and they'd tell me how sorry they were and, you know, how, how amazing I was. I remember um, there was a penny saver, was like the local paper out there, and there was a lady who wrote articles in there. And she had heard about me and she came out for a reading and basically wrote an article saying that I was wrong about everything, you know, that, that, whatever, whatever. And then uh, I was pretty upset about that. And then about a month later, she rewrote another article saying that she had to recount and wanted to apologize to me that the things I had said to her were so astounding in their accuracy between describing this guy and all this other stuff and all this other drama that was going on. And she didn't realize that, that, you know, her sister was dating this other person. Cause I said they, that, you know, there was this guy around who I thought was a sister. She says, that's my sister because I described him. I said, well, this other guy, and it was like not good and violent. And so she's like, well, my sister isn't dating anybody. So I don't know where you're getting this from. And I was like, okay. And she, evidently she didn't talk to her sister. I don't remember anymore. But in either case, she found out all this and she was just like blown away. And she had taken notes. So she, she knew how accurate I was. But the, the point is, is that most people doing psychic stuff are incredibly vague. And this is where you get the, the skeptics who are always like, you know, well, they fish for information or they say something halfway. Now, you've got to keep in mind, I don't believe that ghosts hang out and that people are talking to ghosts that are relatives to yours. Don't you think you have fucking shit better to do five, ten years later after your death and hanging around your family fucking members with a special message for them? Fuck that. Deal with it. I ain't here to fucking hold your fucking hand for ten years, okay? It's stupid. But they are picking up information from that person's consciousness, okay, or somewhat. And sometimes I think they're full of shit, okay. But the vagueness comes from a fear of being inaccurate or not trusting your own inner uh, accuracy, your own inner sense of knowing that, that what you're saying is correct. And the only way to get over that is to be okay with being wrong, like truly be okay with being wrong. And kind of focusing on your wins and then your, your losses, you got to ask yourself, okay, what was I feeling at that moment or seeing that, that did I get an indication that maybe I was wrong? And there's a difference. There's a difference because I want to say one feels heavier and one feels lighter. Okay. 
But once you kind of get this groove on, you don't, you don't, you don't see so much of the, the other that's, that's the false information from your imagination. But this is why I say you always do better doing readings on people the first time you meet them. Because by the second time, or if there's someone you know, your, your brain is very strong about the information it knows. And it wants to, to create the data of what you want to imagine. The other thing is, it's just like going out to the mall or to a restaurant or, or to the beach and you're people watching. You create stories about every person that you imagine. You imagine maybe what their life is like. You imagine what their family is like. You imagine who it is. So it's, it's kind of like that. But there's a certain feeling. If you get the feels like it, the tag, then you can recognize it when you're doing psychic work. And you go like, oh, no, no, that, I know that. That's my imagination mind assessing and evaluating and prescribing. I don't want to do that. I want this information to come from a more direct line. Do you see what I'm saying? And this is the other thing. When, when you're doing psychic work, and I always think, you know, uh, I got to mention this. When, when someone comes to you for a reading, you know, and it's been a long time since I did readings, but, you know, you, you don't sit there and wait for something to come into your head. You search. So nine times out of 10, most, most of the time, it's, it's, you know, for every, it's like nine women for every one guy. Do you get what I'm saying? So 10 people, nine or 90% are going to be female because they're more open to that. They're more intuitive and they have their own kind of vibey sense. That's why they, they know there's a truth to this where, where a guy has a less of a sensory. So they, they don't necessarily dial in as easy. So when they sit there, you know, I would say to them, well, what, what is it that you're looking for? What, you know, some people would say, I don't know. Other people would be like, well, I want to kind of know, am I going to meet somebody? And that's usually what, what was the dynamic? It's, 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 it's love and relationship, finances, health, and it's usually those three staples. And that's what I got used to looking for or doing. Okay. And other times I would get information and I'd be like, I don't know what to fucking do with this. You know? So, and I've told you some of those stories, but here's the thing. I would ask my inner self the question. Okay. I would want to, I would kind of, in a way, without saying it, but wanting it, I would want to know about their, their love life, their relationship, whom, whom I'm looking for the counter to this, to this person. Like, like who is their, their interest with, who is their, their relationship with. Okay. And the moment I knew that's what I wanted, cause you don't really say it in your head. Okay. Then it was just about just waiting for it to surface. If your mind is busy, just like the babbler, you're going to get junk. If you can learn to be occupied, because that's the, the trick to keeping the, the battle at bay, but you, you know, it's just different. You then will start to see the images and they're kind of foggy and they get clearer and clearer. And when you get really good, it comes in clearer faster and faster. And it's about holding that thought without emotionally getting invested in it. So I would find that I wouldn't necessarily talk to them, but I was talking to them. But in my mind, it's like you're looking at something and you're talking about what you're seeing as if you were looking at somebody. And I would be like, well, they've got short brown hair. It's receding. You know, they got a little bit of flare grace. They got gold rimmed glasses and they're really wide. You know, you've got to not stop. You've, you've got to accept the details. Okay. You may be wrong about the glasses, but you know, it, here's the thing. This is where, where wrong gets in weird places. 
they might say, well, you were right about everything, but they, they weren't wearing these really wide glasses, you know, and, uh, and it's, so you're, you're like, well, what were they wearing? Well, they were wearing, uh, uh, you know, they were like really polished chrome, you know, and they were wide, but they weren't gold, okay? Fucking kick me already. But here's the thing. What was the lighting in the room? Was there a, a softer yellow light in the, in the distance or a fire that might have illuminated or made it look gold? Does it really fucking matter? Okay. So some people will hang on to those and some people won't, you know, your idea of what chubby faces and a skinny face are two different things. Okay. Your <coughs> description of hair color can be two different things. Your, your description of a face being narrow or round or short or tall. This is where I find that when you, when, when I try to relate to people, like with the hair, I'll try to move my hand, you know, in, in the region, you know, wherever I'm talking, but I, I try to do it that way. But I think that vagueness comes out of fear of being wrong and it limits you to, to the accuracy and to the potential that you can reach or, or have your skill level at. And you've got to be okay with the wrongs as much as you are with the rights because they will slowly transition over to more rights than, than being wrongs. If you are wired up on caffeine, if you are emotionally upset or something going on, that all is going to diminish the control in your mind to keep that clear state of that data coming. And lastly, you know, there would be people that would come and, you know, they'd be like, I'd be like, I'm sorry. I just don't, I don't see anything relevant. And they'd be like, wow, you, you're not a good psychic. I'm like, no, I'm a great psychic. You just a fucking, you know, 70 something years old. And I'm sorry, you're not going to find anybody to bang you anymore. What do you want from me? You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's people are stupid, you know, that, that they get upset when they don't hear what they want. And you're, you're like, look, be, be grateful I didn't see you kicking the can, you know, or, or something traumatic happening, you know. You, you can't win everybody. Am I making any sense or am I just babbling now? All right, go ahead, Michael. You're, you're making sense. Um, and, and this is going to relate. It might not seem like it is going at first, but that half an hour class you did for this $29 class you did recently was freaking unbelievably fabulous. I mean, fucking, it was, it was unbelievable for me to watch. Fucking really, really good. Uh, the last and, class I did. That, you did a half an hour. The little thing I did. Oh, it was nothing. It was fucking unbelievable. <laughs> it was fucking that good. And I'm not well, You know, you. we got a lot of new people who see that shit and still watch the previous show. You know, I got I to gotta throw it on hard, okay? Oh, it was, it was good. And when you referenced your ability to see the future and see the time in that, they said that was perhaps your greatest gift in that class. And I think about you reading people. And people, it's kind of like a movie with, um, I don't know, Nicolas Cage years ago, where you could see people in their timeline, like everybody has, it's almost like, once you know them, you can see where they're going, but that's more counting, it's not sixth sense. You can just see, I, I, I know where you're gonna die, it's gonna be the city, and it's gonna probably be in 22 years, <laughs> but it's just, it's just reasoning, it's not sixth sense. And you're seeing a probability in their future, you're kind of combining those two senses, logic, you can see the momentum of a frequency. And then you also said that you didn't like to predict it because now they're looking for it and they're helping create it, and, and I believe. And so that, I think you mentioned that. You know. Yeah. 
Yeah. I found that there was a lot of problems. You listen, I, I am an expert at predictive stuff, whether, whether I, I put it into practice anymore or not, but uh, it seems to always be intuitively in my subconscious and because I've done it my whole life. And the, the question is, is, you know, which, which, which I'm not sure is what you're asking, but, you know, when you're saying predictive, and you understand a lot now, and so I don't know if a lot of other people that are maybe more of a, a junior level or know, know the answer to that because there's classes all on it. But my feeling is, is if we're in a simulated reality, the question is, is, is the future predetermined? And I feel that a portion of the, the, the future is predetermined. And this is simply, look, if you can, if, look, they were saying the other day that AI now can analyze you and predict with an uncanny level the, the how and when you're going to die. Like, like it's that good, okay? My point is, is that if we can look at cities and we can tell you through calculations almost to a dot how big that city will get and it will never get any bigger than that, all of these things are predictive. If you think that your life isn't mappable, Okay, it's only because you're you're not intellectually capable of wrapping your head around such a concept. Okay, but it is to the details is in question. But if it was a supercomputer, as I always say, and you bounce a super ball in a room as hard as you can, and it's a contained room, can you point to where it is? No. Does that mean that it's impossible? Most people say, yeah. But if I then I say, well, if it's a supercomputer. Can it not calculate all the variables and tell you about where it's going to stop? And everybody goes, well, yeah, actually, okay? So if you look at your life in that way and you have a supercomputer, is it predictable? And the answer is, fuck yes, it is, okay? But is there an error of, of other possibilities? Yes. So to me, it's a duality. Your future is kind of written, but it's kind of not. I think that when my mind goes to that place to review what I see in the future coming for you, okay, it is going into what I'll call the great computer in the sky, okay? It is the, the, the part that is already has all these anticipations. It's got all these trajectories already kind of mapped out. Okay, it's looking for anomalies, things that you do that it just didn't expect to have happen. Like holy shit, this is why we do these this this kind of simulation. So I'm I'm basically garnering data from that source is what I think. Okay, and that's when I say predicting the future. I don't think it's a mystical ability. The only thing mystical about it is, is that I'm somehow able to access this data per person on a personal level. Now, that is pretty fucking magical, okay? But, you know, pull the curtain, there's science behind it. There's logic behind it. That's the point of it, okay? So that's, that's my thoughts. I don't want people to think that the future is, is written, but there is a predictable level. And if you have trouble putting your mind around that, I would say, well, look at it on a smaller level. Day to day, would you say that you would be predictable from, from your 24-hour period in your life? And the answer is yes. I could tell you about how much time I'll sit in my office, about how much time I'll putt around, about how much time I'll find something else to do. I could tell you where I'm going to tell you about when I'm going to go to the bathroom. I could tell you, you know, all of those things. So it's very predictive. So that's what your mind can wrap around. But there's a bigger level to that. If you know all the players in your life and your work environment, 
and you can, can see all this, then you can also be predictive with how other people were interacting, what the outcome most likely will be. And that's, again, predicting a whole nother level to your decision making. All right, definitely boring everybody now. I'm so sorry. Go ahead, Jen. Okay, so I wanted to kind of go back to when you were talking about going through the wall. You talked about what other people experienced, but did you still see this reality? Could you still see into the room? Or was that sensory kind of shut down for you? No, it, what it's like is... It, it's, it's like being in fog, really thick fog. But the thing is you can see the distance ahead of you. It's just distorted. And you could say that, that when I'm looking out, I could see everything, but it's, it's like it, it feels like a, a, a darker level of dusk, even though it's brighter out. But to you, it's like everything kind of like the tone came down. Okay, and, you, and that I felt like I was looking out of fuzz. And here's the thing, there is, you know, for me, there was a, a panic moment of, of like suffocation, because in your mind, remember how I teach you guys to go into a room and you, you start to, very similar, this is take a million dollar statement now, okay? You go into a, a room and you're, you're looking at the room and you're looking at the static in the room, okay? And the more you look at the static, the more intense it gets, because your consciousness is shifting. Another person next to you who ain't doing it is not reacting because they're not, they're, not, they're not having this experience. But the more you see the smoke or the fuzz or the static energy in that dark room, okay, you're really disengaging on the same level that I'm stepping into the carpet. It's just you're more comfortable with that. Do you understand? That's the, the limit by which – so, so by making more tense, but your breathing starts to get very shallow because you think it's, it's smoke, like it's, it's your brain registered. There's, this is fucking real. And so it's almost like you, you see thickness and you're like, can I breathe? Is it, it might be smothered. Do you understand? And so I don't know if you guys have experienced that or not, but you know, I've talked about this before. So it's kind of like that, you know, if, if I had not had the, the, the training of the room going really static and, and studying the, the prana in the room, if you will, and getting really knowledgeable about all that. Okay. I do not think that I would have been able to, to do what I did with that, that wall stepping through it because the panic level would have made me shake it off. Do you understand? But I was able to, to understand kind of what was happening. So it's, it's like fog, but it's just like being in the room and you make that, that static so thick that you no longer can almost see through it anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like if you really look at it in a, in a room that it's darker and you're looking at the static, it doesn't mean it's pitch black, okay? It's, it's bright, okay? You can see everything. But when you go in that zone and that fuzz starts to get more intense and your eyes are adjusting to it or everything, you'll, if you're aware of it, but you, it may pop you out of it too, but you're aware of it. If you're looking at the objects you could see clearly before, you'll notice that they're fading away. So the question is, is, is is the room becoming thicker with fog or are you leaving the room out and, and escaping the simulation? That's what okay. I'm wondering because as, as an experience. Well, that's I won't what I'm suggesting to you is that that is the case. That's what I believe. And, and that's what I was trying to pinpoint is there's an experience I had where 
I can't explain it entirely, but I felt like I was in reality, but it was perfectly daylight. And before I came out of this experience, I noticed that it was darker. And I'm like, it did hours go by and I didn't realize it. And I just began, became aware of it. And literally, as I came out, there were people looking for me. And all of a sudden, they found me. And I, I'm referring back to it because I could never explain it to myself. And it's weird because you're talking about this. And I connected to that experience and realized that, that the person who somehow pulled me in and cloaked us within, within that space so no one else could see us. Yeah. So it, it kind of explains what you're talking about from that perspective. Yeah, it, 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 there's also, remember I tell you the story about the, the Korean shaman or whatever and how he, they needed to move troops across the like countryside. And yes. there was no way that they could move the troops a hundred miles or something, you know, walking in time to be where they needed to be for a battle. And this shaman basically the 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 story goes that a great fog descended on on them they didn't see it coming it just became fog like and it became so thick that they could no longer even see their hand in front of them and when the, the fog started to fade or thin out and they started to see stuff the terrain was completely different so this particular shaman is if the, this if if the if it's a, a, an accurate uh, telling used his consciousness and basically folded reality or basically folded space. And they essentially moved everybody in that state. So they became the tuning fork and they made the environment kind of fade. Do you understand? And they were able to get everybody else to, to have that effect and they accepted it like fog. So they, they didn't really fight it. Okay. They were like, wow, this is a little foggy. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. In this person's mind which is an experiment that you guys can begin to do okay they knew more than likely the location where they wanted to be 10 to 1 they were there before and whatever so whenever you go somewhere and you do a marker this is when i said when you go to places of power when we went up to chileo i says memorize it memorize everything and then recreate yourself in that place and that vibe if you're in a negative place if you put yourself that vibration, it will start to burn into the negative energy wherever you are. You're, you're, you're bringing that place to you. Well, it's just that kind of reverse thinking on that. So in a, this is turning out to be a really good, this is like Saroon level class. So I, I hope other people who are more junior level aren't going to get upset because that can happen, you know. Um, I, I think right now that Saroon and EJP Live are basically an extension of one another. And that you're basically just paying to get a double dose of crack. You know, like, I got to have my fix twice a month, not one enough, I ain't going to do it. So this is like the, the stuff we, we talk about and do. But anyway, so the point is, is that his, his mind, he convinced himself that he no longer was where he was. He pushed that like it's not even a thought no more. I am in the fog in the forest on the side of an ocean cliff, uh, and this is where I am because there's a field or a pasture there, and this is where I am, and I could smell. I convinced myself I could smell the ocean. I could feel everything, and this is just a fog, and it's starting to dissipate, and sure enough, he moved the consciousness of everybody to that, that other location. Now, I've never moved an army, so, you know, but hey, you never know one day. 
So in either case, so it's, it's pretty much the same thing. So if you're in a room and you create the fog, are you raising your hand? What are you doing? I, I see this, this kind of thing in the corner. Sorry. Um, it's just me muting myself. Yeah. <laughs> on my so, tiny phone. So in, in essence, when you're in a room and you're, you're doing the, the whole fog thing, okay, I don't like to talk about other stuff like this until I feel people are ready because, you know, I know how you guys are. It's like a kid with Christmas. If you leave the presents out for a week, they're going to pick those, those packages slowly open to see what you can't control yourself. You guys are the same way, just different, okay? But the idea is, is to project something that ideally might work for you. Okay, so if you're in a room and you're, you're letting it get all fog-like, then in essence, you want to start convincing yourself that you're at this other location and you're doing that at that location. And then when you ease up, you've got to hold the belief that you are where, where you wanted to be and that's where you are. You got to kind of let yourself kind of go there. Okay, so 10 to 1, you're, you're not going to teleport. 10 to 1, you're not going to fold space. If you do, great. Send me a letter. Anyway, the point is, is that more than likely, you're going to imbue your environment with that other place, okay? you 10 to 1, you can get to that level. The other thing that you want to pay attention to is smell, okay? Are there any different or new smells in your room that you could say are from that place? Or maybe they don't have to be from that place. Maybe you kind of get weird in your, your travels. But usually smell will carry over and it will only last for a certain kind of period, uh, period. The other thing is, is that you can do stuff like if you go to Chileo and you, you get the, the environmental scents that, that are coming from there, these pine cones and different stuff, but find stuff that are heavy in smell, okay? Smell them. Smell is very powerful. It's like really connected psychically. And when you do your session, you may want to put those things out as you're burning the fog to, to add to your sensory that you're really at this other place. And let the games begin and the craziness roll. A lot of people ask us, where is the best place to start with our courses and material? The fundamental backbone of everything in our catalog is the Foundation Meditation System. This is a unique meditation technique geared to the purpose of absorbing prana, stimulating key regions of the body that enhance sensory development, and allow one to tap into a source of unbridled spiritual energy. Foundation Meditation can be learned in our book, Meditation Within Eternity, or you can visit our website, foundationmeditation.com, to acquire the audio course. Again, that's foundationmeditation.com. Each of Eric's books comes with a secure readers-only section online that contains a treasure trove of complimentary free training material. When you add up all the free training you get with each book, you have a combined total value of over $1,000 in additional content. This includes classes, guided meditation exercises, and more. Digital and physical copies are available at higherbalancebooks.com. Order the set on discount now, and we'll also send you a free guru deck in the mail for physical orders. Again, that's higherbalancebooks.com. Go there now, order your set, and join the growing movement of spiritual adepts. Follow us on Instagram at higherbalanceinstitute, all one word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge.
If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. When I was young, I recall sitting in the back seat of the family car as we drove somewheres, probably just to get away. I remember seeing the rivets of the back seat, the leather contour, the fabric and texture of the floor mat. I was small. I remember looking upward through the window, seeing the reflection of the glass of myself, a metal lining along the glass trim. I could only see the trees and the sky moving by. I thought I could touch it, so I did, reaching my hand out the window to touch it. I felt it. I felt the air pushing and moving beneath my hand and the warmth of the sun upon its back. I think it was at that moment I began to awaken knowing that sometimes when you want to find something, you don't always find it in the way that you think you're going to. You see, my hand, it moved against the wind, pushing, weaving, feeling it, touching it, and the sun warming, soothing, healing. Somewhere in between, I flew. Higher balance. We think outside of the box. A new kind of spirituality. A new kind of meditation. A revolution in consciousness. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio. 